I'm Brian Kilmeade. I'm Martha McCallum. I'm David Asman, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Wednesday, April 1st, 2020. I'm Dave Anthony. Americans are waiting to get paid. Most of us will soon get money from the government as part of that $2 trillion economic rescue package. And the best part? It is gift money you're getting. You don't have to pay any of this back. Okay. Um, it is not in, It's not income. It doesn't come out of next year's refund. I'm Chris Foster. Celebrity chef Robert Irvine says a lot of restaurants may not survive the coronavirus shutdowns. The restaurant industry, unless we do something, or hospitality, I should say, unless we do something really dramatic, really fast, um, there is not going to be one. That's hotels, that's motels, that's anybody who's food and alcohol. And I'm Leslie Marshall. I've got the final word on the Fox News Rundown. Congress is not in session at the moment. Some lawmakers are in quarantine. A half dozen have either tested positive for the coronavirus or are presumed to have it. But there's already talk of a fourth round of stimulus for an ailing economy, sickened by all the corona-related shutdowns. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Uh, There are infrastructure needs that our country have that directly relate uh, to how we are proceeding with the coronavirus. Now, some Republicans are on board with that, focused on projects like roads and bridges. President Trump tweeted on Tuesday, with interest rates at zero, this is the time for a long-awaited bill, and it should be very big and bold, $2 trillion, focused solely on jobs and rebuilding the once great infrastructure of our country. But Republican Senator Lindsey Graham told Fox and Friends, hold on. Well, we need to make sure that phase three actually works. We don't have any checks out yet. That's the two plus trillion dollar bill Congress approved and the president signed last week. More than 90 percent of Americans will be getting money, cash and or expanded unemployment assistance. So we decided to break it all down for you, starting with the direct payments. So for most people, it's going to be $1,200 per adult and then $500 for each child under 17. Richard Rubin is a Wall Street Journal reporter who covers tax policy. You know, and then starts phasing out for people who have individuals with income of 75000 and uh, married couples with joint income of 150000 Above that, the payments start to shrink and then go away. And what is the formula to get to zero? So the formula for, for a married couple, you get to zero. If you have no kids, you get to zero at about $198,000 of income. Uh, and it just sort of declines. Basically, every $100 your income goes up, you lose $5 of the payment. Uh, for a married couple with two kids, I think that it goes to zero at about, uh, you know, from 3400 it goes down to zero at about uh, 218000 of income. There are a couple other groups that don't get payments. Uh, and it's important to remember that anyone who is a dependent and is not a child doesn't get a payment. So imagine someone who college students, uh, 17 year old high school seniors, um, if you have your elderly parents living with you and you claim them as a dependent, then you wouldn't get a separate payment for them. Okay. Um, and then the other big, yeah. So again, there's no income limit. So even so people who live independently on, Social Security, on on disability, uh, off their savings, are eligible for payments, but not if there's somebody else's dependent. And then the other group is people who don't have Social Security numbers. Often that's uh, undocumented immigrants. Um, You know, if you don't have a Social Security number, you're not eligible to get a payment. What is the number they're basing all of this on? This isn't the 
this isn't your gross income and it's not your net income, right? What is it's this? Adjusted, it's adjusted gross income. So which you can, if you have your tax return, you should, from either 2018 or 2019, you just look for the adjusted gross income line. The U.S. Treasury Department is trying to get this money out quickly. The first payments may come in a few weeks directly deposited into Americans' bank accounts. Um, what the IRS will do is if you have filed the 2019 tax return, they will take the information from that about your family size, about your uh, income, and use that to generate a payment. And if you've got your uh, bank account information on there, you know, that for the refund that you've gotten from your 2019 taxes, they've got that, and that's the first group that should get payments within the next uh, few weeks or so because they, they're they just sort of ready to go. All right. If the IRS doesn't have 2019, then they'll shift to using the 2018 information, and if they don't have bank account information, that will take longer because they'll have paper checks. So if you haven't filed 2019 and you earned a lot less in 2019 than you did 2018, you're out of luck. Like you could have, you could have earned less in 2019 than 2018, and in 2018 you earned too much to get money, but in 2019 you didn't get as much, but you're out of luck. Yeah. So there's two things to say about that. One is you probably can go ahead and still file 2019 if you have information ready to go. I've asked the IRS for when that cutoff is, basically when it is that they're going to grab the 2019 batch of returns. And then you know send out those payments based on that, or, or switch to 2018. So that's that's one thing we don't know yet is how quickly you would have to get that in. But if you know that you're going to be better off based on your 2019 income, and you're ready to file your return, go ahead and do that, even though your uh, return isn't due until July 15th. Now, if your income say was high in 2018 and above those ranges, and for 2020 it comes down to within the ranges, then you'll get the payment. You just won't get it until you file your 2020 tax return early next year. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So wait a minute. Some people <laughs> some people could still get these checks next year. Yes. Here's how you have to think about it. You Think about the check you're getting now as – basically in addition to next year's tax refund, and they're giving it to you now. The money that's going in the mail, 1200 2400 or more than that if you have kids, is yes. that borrowing from our refunds that we were going to get next year from our own tax returns, or is this like a gift from the government? Uh, it is gift money you're getting. You don't have to pay any of this back. Okay. Um, it is not in, it's not income. It doesn't come out of next year's refund. And so it's not taxable. It's not something that we have to pay back. This is a gift. The government's giving us cash, and we take it, and we go with it. Yes, exactly. Let me make one other point on the payments, because I get the, there's a question I get a lot. And oh, gonna, yeah. And yeah. It's, really, it's really helpful, it's, I, which is I'm on Social Security, or I'm on disability, or I'm on SSI, and I don't file tax returns. Can I get this? And the answer is yes. Except unless you're someone else's dependent, right? You can get it even if you're retired or on disability and have no income. If you go to www.irs.gov/coronavirus, um, they're starting to put up some more information about what people in that situation should do. If you don't, because a lot of those people don't typically file tax returns because they don't have taxable income. Well, in addition to all that cash, most of us will soon be getting. A lot more Americans will be getting even more money in what Senate Democratic leader Chuck Schumer called unemployment 
on steroids. And this comes after a record number of first-time jobless claims two weeks ago, 3.28 million. And tomorrow we'll get the numbers from last week, expected to also be millions of people newly out of work amid the coronavirus shutdowns. What this bill does is it does a couple of interesting things. One is it increases the benefit, so it adds a $600 federal benefit on top of what the states are normally do. And the second thing that is is the they've expanded the definitions of unemployment. So I would encourage people, you know, people who are self-employed, independent contractors, people you know who are are normally outside of the unemployment system because they're not in a job and then losing it. Uh, I would encourage people to again go check with their individual states to as you're filing for benefits to try to understand how you may be eligible even though you normally wouldn't think of yourself as being eligible. Um, And and so we're going to see how that plays out over the next few weeks and months as people kind of get used to this new system. So the federal government is going to funnel this money through each individual state. Is that how it's going to work? Yeah, that's how unemployment benefits work. You, you apply through your state and then, you know, it's, it's funded part, part state. And now under this program, largely federal um, and, but all the administration and, and, qualification and eligibility and all that is done through the states. $600 a week is $15 an hour. And that's on top of the money that they were already getting from the states in many cases. For a lot of people, that's more than they earned when they were still working. That's not an issue? Uh, That was an issue that some Republican senators had as they were debating this bill. And there's obviously some concern about that. Uh, you know, the, the people may prefer being on that expanded unemployment that's going back to work. But at the moment, you know, there aren't really jobs to go back to because so much in the retail sector and restaurants and such has been cut or closed uh, temporarily and, and in a lot of parts of the country. And so, you know, we may see that come as an issue at some point. But, um, you know, right now, that's just that's sort of a secondary uh, concerning, you really actually do. In, in some ways, the government's goal here is—it's it, sort of backwards when we normally think. Normally, you're like the—you would think the government's aim is to encourage people to work, to be productive members of society, to get out there and like have jobs. And, right, right. Um, and and we're, we're in a sort of bizarro world now. That's not necessarily what the government's aim is. The government's aim is to pay people to stay at home, um, to to discourage people from going to work, at least in the short term. Um, so that people, you know, so that we can slow the spread of the virus. So it, it's sort of a, we're, we're in a very strange moment for uh, everything, but including sort of how we think about employment policy. Unlike the checks that we talked about earlier, this money is taxable, right? Yeah, unemployment benefits are taxable. You know, in, in the last recession, Congress came in and uh, I can't remember how much the number was, but they sort of loosened those rules a little bit so that some of it was not taxable. Uh, So you may see them do that again at some point, but they haven't yet. Uh, And I think the other important distinction is that, you know, is that the unemployment benefits are really about people who are experiencing this drop in income right now. So the first batch, the checks that we talked about, those and the direct deposits, those will be mid-April maybe? So they expect the direct deposits, first ones out within a few weeks, and then for people who need paper checks, it's going to take a bit longer. Um, so we're that's, talking May, that's sort of rough time frame. May, perhaps it's, we don't know. They're they're going to be in batches. Um, it's actually you know because so much has gone electronic, the government 
literally just doesn't have giant check printing machines anymore, uh, or not nearly as many of them as they used to. And so uh, if you either don't have a bank account or the IRS doesn't have your banking information, it's going to take longer. Uh, that same IRS website I talked about before, irs.gov slash coronavirus, they're going to – they don't have it up yet, but they're going to soon have a, a system where you can give the IRS your bank account information number so that they can get you in the batch to send out the direct payments as opposed to having to wait for basically like a paper check sent to your last known address. And how quickly will the unemployment extra 600 bucks happen? That's going to be state by state. I don't quite have a feel for exactly how quickly they, you know, states are able to turn that around. All right. Well, a lot of people are waiting for a lot of money. Richard Rubin, tax policy reporter, Wall Street Journal. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, sure. Thanks for having me. This is Leslie Marshall with your Fox News commentary coming up. Millions of restaurant workers, at least for now, are out of a job with their employers shut down or slowed down by the coronavirus outbreak. We were forced to make the difficult decision to close permanently. Ryan Suddendorf closed his Mexican restaurant in Seattle. Among the 3.3 million people filing for unemployment benefits last week, a lot were in the hospitality industry. There is some help for those businesses in the coronavirus relief bill. These restaurants, including myself, can apply for some help um, to be to be opening up again. Chef and Food Network host Robert Irvine says he had to close three restaurants. We last spoke a few weeks ago before the outbreak started shutting places down. We figured we should check back in. And obviously, we can't open until this whole this whole kind of thing is over, and that that could be weeks, could be months, could be who knows. We're right. not getting the real truth on on what it is right now. So, uh, at the end of the day. It really depends on the government. I mean, the restaurateurs are ready to open for sure. I mean, they've been ready. <laughs> we haven't really closed. We have, but we haven't. We've been there in, in Seoul. Uh, a lot of places have kept um, to go and, and grab and go kind of things open. But, you know, as much as the, the, the communities are supporting, they're scared to go out. Yeah. I mean, some places obviously are better able to weather this storm than others. If, you, if you're a pizza place or if you're a Chinese place, you probably already had a pretty brisk delivery business. I know a steakhouse manager who just had to close up shop and lay 50-something people off. They can't, they don't, you know, steakhouses aren't going to do a, a bunch of delivery business. Yeah, and, and I've heard of, of uh, in Florida, places, uh, pizza places hiring plenty more people to run deliveries, which, which I can obviously understand. Um, I don't know so much about Chinese restaurants right now. I think um, yeah, there's, a lot of, a lot of, there's a lot of fear well, I'm married to a Korean, and, and some of the things that people say on social media and, and, and in person to people is just ridiculous. I mean, again, that's, that's uninformed, uneducated people that are just scared. Yeah. Um, another guy in my town who runs a, a little barbecue place, he's selling food and household supplies on the side because his, his vendors aren't having any problem. His supply chain's been just great, and so he's, I don't know if he's making a profit or, or selling it at cost, but people are going to him for, for staples. Well, this is this is what I, I believe in. If there's, a, if there's an ulterior way to make money, uh, obviously barbecue is, is a great pickup and eat food for sure. Um, but let's face it. I mean, you go to the stores, they're not as bad as they were a week ago, um, but at least you can still get some stuff. If people can, can without gouging, obviously, I mean, we're doing the same thing in our distillery uh, boardroom. Uh, we're now making sanitizer. We make more money off sanitizer and we're giving it away. Now, think about that. We're making more money than we, than we do in alcohol at the moment because people are more scared about their health. 
So we turned our distilling over to um, to making hand sanitizer. You take your container, four to six ounces, every day up to, to, to boardroom spirits in Lansdale. They'll give you the sanitizer, as well as we're, we're feeding the... Uh, um, the National Guard with sanitizer, firefighters, police departments. Um, you know, listen, at the end of the day, you've got to adapt and conquer. And, and right now, we need to stay alive. There's yeah, I didn't even know. I didn't, did, you know I, 11 billion. Yeah, I was just reading about your distillery. I didn't even know you had it there in Pennsylvania. What do you usually make? So we do vodka, we do gin, uh, rum, uh, bourbon, scotch. Um, but now, obviously, uh, we do, we're still making those vodkas and whatnot, but uh, a huge part. In fact, we just hired a couple more part-time people to do the uh, the sanitizer because, obviously, there's a huge um, a need for it. So, I mean, the National Guard, according to different states, fire departments, police departments, um, because, you know, they're the frontline folks that don't have it or can't get hold of it. So, uh, you know, we, we've kind of done that, as of a lot of other uh, distillers. Um, you know, we're just trying to make it better for people, make the, 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 the time go faster. And it's hard to say that with, with people not making money. But hopefully, as I just said, with the government change now and, and hopefully get some money into some people's hands so they can feel like they're in control again, yeah. uh, pay some bills, have some money in their pockets. Because the restaurant industry, unless we do something, or hospitality, I should say, unless we do something really dramatic, really fast, um, there is not going to be one. That's hotels, that's motels, that's where anybody sues food, food and alcohol. Yeah, I mean, that's it's such a low-margin business to begin with, and it's one thing to have a big restaurant group where maybe you've got a cushion, but if you're a mom-and-pop place that, you know, that, that has 10 tables in it, uh, somebody's probably going to have to help you with your nut after a month or two or three. Yeah, and, and that's what I've been doing for the last... You know, nine years or eight years on a restaurant at possible trying to figure those out. Now, obviously, these numbers are going to skyrocket through the roof of, of failures. And it's, it's not because of themselves. It's because of a virus that, you know, nobody was prepared for. Uh, unfortunately, it's going to take time to put this, even this grant, this, this stimulus that's done, it's going to take time to put hands in business, money in, in business. And that's where we need to do it. Um, I, I truly believe if, if the government give these incentives, I know the small business um, administration has been working really hard on, you know, let's put money to the business. If you keep all your employees uh, for three months um, and we loan you money, we'll, we'll look at the other way, kind of get rid of it if, you, if you're keeping your people employed. I mean, that's not been made public yet, but, um, you know, with all the, all the ins and outs of the government lending. But uh, if they put money into this business, this business will thrive. I still think we're personally with two trillion dollars down on what we need to stop a recession. Um, but you know, hey, listen. My hope is that we can continue to to uh, fight this virus, get people back to work, get money in their hands, and give them a, a, a bright outlook. Because right now, there's a lot of fears, a lot of uh, scared people out there. Um, not knowing what's real, what's not real. As much as we put information out, uh, and I appreciate you doing this, as much as we put information out, uh, other information contradicts what's been put out. So, you know, it's hard to understand what's, what's real and what's not. Yeah, well, I do hope that, you know, we're doing our best trying to get the truth out there and about this virus. And I do hope, as far as the restaurants go, that we don't see on the other side a bunch of empty storefronts uh, depressing communities further once we're past this one more thing you're a big fitness guy um 
any advice on how maybe sedentary people who are now even more sedentary uh, can use this time to their advantage, maybe get in better shape? Well, listen, the beautiful thing about uh, 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 TV is you can get everything on it now. There are fitness workouts on TV. There, there are uh, online workouts. Um, the people doing free workouts. I, I use, um, uh, with my wife at home, we do some, some workout. I'm doing workout videos and cooking videos. In fact, the next couple of days, I'm going to do one. Uh, you know, I ripped my shoulder out uh, in November last year, so I've been rehabilitating. So I'm going to show uh, folks how to do, you know, some workout while you're rehabilitating. If you're not used to, to fitness, if you're bored at home, what to eat. We did a, a big cooking uh, thing worldwide on Instagram, which was amazing because we had people from uh, Pakistan, from Italy, from Germany, uh, just all over the globe and, and America. And it's, it's these times that just need a little uplift. You know, we've uh, just sent Fit Crunch bars to Fort Bliss for all the troops that are uh, that are quarantined there. We're doing videos for the USO for for Italy right now for quarantine service men and women over there. It's tough everywhere. The whole world is going through the same thing. So you know, whatever you can do, if you've got a couple of uh, baked bean cans or or cannellini bean cans, uh, you can do push-ups, sit-ups. Uh, I just posted yesterday on my, my Twitter a workout I did six years ago in a hotel room. Um, so, so there's lots you can be doing. And, of course, you can still walk outside just keeping away from people, the social distancing. Um, not every day, but uh, to break that monotony. There's lots of things we can be doing. But the biggest thing I want to say, Chris, is we got to be nice to each other. we got to help each other. This is everybody in the same boat. Well... I'm on your side here, buddy. Uh, Robert Irvine, Food Network host. Uh, he's a chef, founder of the Robert Irvine Foundation. Uh, Robert, thanks for, a lot for checking in. I appreciate it. Again, I appreciate what you do and uh, putting out information, good information to a lot of people really fast. Catch you on the other side, bud. All right. Thank you. Have a good day. Thanks. Download Perino and Steyerwald. I'll tell you what. I woke up at 6.30. You know, I usually get up at 5.30, so I feel like I'm quite behind. I'm a wreck. You are definitely not a part of the 11 p.m. scene. No. I want oh, to no. be. I aspire to be, but I just can't hang. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcast.com. Rate and review the Fox News Rundown on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It's time for your Fox News commentary. Leslie Marshall. What's on your mind? My husband... Dr. Asghar Hussein is an orthopedic surgeon. That means he fixes broken bones. He specializes in shoulder, elbow, and knee injuries. He not only takes care of professional athletes, but also children who fall off their bunk beds, older people who fall down, and the usual weekend warriors. For my husband and most orthopedic surgeons, the majority, 90% of my husband's case, the majority of the cases he performs, the surgeries, are elective. With the urgency of this coronavirus pandemic, hospitals have recently asked surgeons to stop doing all elective surgeries. There are two reasons for that. One, there aren't enough supplies like masks and gloves to go around. And two, there are no beds if a patient operated on needs one, all are taken and are running out fast for patients infected with the coronavirus. My husband had to phone the majority of his patients last week and tell them he could not operate on them for injuries such as torn rotator cuffs, meniscus, and ACLs. Most of the patients were understanding, but some who were in pain are worried about waiting 30 days or more for surgery. My husband is currently considered a second-line physician in this battle against coronavirus. 
The first, or front line, are the doctors and nurses who come into contact with coronavirus patients daily. But to show you just how fast this virus is spreading, my husband was asked last week, not if, but when, according to the hospital, some of the front line either become infected or need to be quarantined, if he would be willing to come up to the front line. My husband said yes, of course. He not only took an oath, but he and other doctors in the medical community believe this is a societal issue, and they have a responsibility to help stop the spread of this virus and to care for those who are suffering and who might eventually die from it. When my husband told me this, of course I was concerned, not only for him, but for my children. He thinks it could happen in the next two or three weeks. We discussed him living at the hospital or one of the hotels near the hospital that have been provided for healthcare workers so they can remain away from their families while working on the front line. I asked my husband how he feels about this virus and the situation we are in. And he said one of the most frustrating things for medical personnel is not only how fast this virus spreads, but also how long it lives on surfaces outside the body and, once inside the body, how it attacks the cells. He also shared with me recently an email from a doctor in Italy The man sounded so despondent, it was heartbreaking. Coronavirus is not just a medical issue for the medical community. It's also a financial one. People aren't paying their co-pays or deductibles. Hospitals and doctor's offices aren't required to collect them during this time if patients can't pay. 90% of surgeries aren't being performed. Many hospitals, doctors, nurses, EMTs, techs, and other medical personnel are working with reduced or even no pay. Many are volunteering their time, like the healthcare professionals who've come out of retirement, to assist with this burden that the virus has currently placed on our healthcare system and its workers. That means these people are working tirelessly, risking their lives for all of us daily, and some of them aren't even getting paid. They fear that they will lose their savings, their retirement, or even their homes in the process. When I hear about a bailout for the airline industry, I get it. But where is the bailout for the healthcare industry? For healthcare workers. Looking at China and South Korea, we know that someday we will all be on the other side of this virus. When that happens, I hope all of you remember the true heroes in this fight against COVID-19. It's not politicians, but scientists, nurses, volunteers, techs, paramedics, EMTs, physicians assistants, and doctors like my husband who made that all possible. I hope you will never forget that, America. This doctor's wife never will. I'm Leslie Marshall. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Download and subscribe to original podcast from Fox News Radio. It's time to get caught up on what's happened and what's next. I'm Jared Halpern from Washington. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcast.com. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com.